Good morning, everybody, and we are coming to you live from our sitting rooms this morning after a crazy divisional round on Saturday night. We have two games to recap for you today. Two very different games, I think, is the right way of putting it. You know, we all expected the Eagles to do what happened last night, and actually, Colin, I've seen some of our viewers using your words bullies <laughs> a lot across Twitter last night, so it's really interesting, so we're going to get to that. So we are. Just a quick reminder before we start, we do have... Three tickets left for Saturday night's game or for Friday night's show. Wow, the whole thing is catching up with me right now. Um, on Friday night, we are going to be appearing live with Captain America at 7.30. There's three tickets left. They're on Eventbrite. You can get them. We will pop that link up again later on this afternoon. Column. Oh my God. Wow. We were in for a showdown last night. Yeah, um, I suppose uh, we can. We start with the maybe the, the Chiefs and the, the Jags game. And uh, in terms of it, it was an int- it was it turned into an interesting game. And obviously, look, the, the big talking point on this one was the Patrick Mahomes injury um, and what that might mean for next week. The it was interesting to me with. It was interesting to me with, with his injury, I suppose, what you saw with a lot of the, the commentary around it, right, because it came in. And Chad Henney did a fantastic job. The 98-yard drive, we, we saw that. But it wasn't until the end that you began to hear about Andy Reid's genius. I mean, we, we rightly praise Kyle Shanahan for what Kyle Shanahan has done with Brock Purdy. But uh, this was in the midst of the game. And we've seen Andy Reid do this time and time again. It's just a testament to his system. What I will say is I thought the Jags' defense was really disappointing. Uh, in terms of their tackling, but also in terms of their the game plan for Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the, the league currently, especially as a, a pass catcher and his ability to find space. I'm not saying it's easy to cover uh, Travis Kelsey, but on that first play, uh, Henny's backed up, but they're in their own end zone and nobody, nobody zones in on Travis Kelsey. Uh, I I think what what teams should do take away your opponent's most potent weapon, and if somebody else beats you, well, so be it. That's the way it happens. I mean, it did happen later uh, in in terms of the the touchdown. They did take away Kelsey at that point, but early on in the game with the Chiefs backed up, uh, I think ultimately maybe the Chiefs probably still would have won, but that to me was was disappointing from the Jags tackling. Uh, throughout the the day, I mean, if you, if you see some of what the the Chiefs were able to to do in terms of, uh, Kelsey was averaging seven yards a catch, and he had fourteen catches, and he was still averaging seven yards. Uh, to- Kadarius Tony was averaging seven uh, seven yards a catch. Uh, Juju only had two, and obviously his two were uh, went for big catches, uh, but on the ground, Pacheco was averaging eight, almost eight yards a carry. That's just not sustainable if you are to um, win uh, football games. So the Jags definitely have some work to do. But I think given where the Jags were this time last year and given what we have seen, and I thought, well, Trevor Lawrence didn't have a fantastic game. I didn't think he was overawed in Arrowhead. I I was a little disappointed we didn't see more deep balls because I thought that was something that uh, could have been really useful thought they played um, a, a lot of diagonals and a lot of short stuff. 
um, we saw on the throw to uh, deep ball to, to Kirk, which uh, Chris Collinsworth called an overthrow. It wasn't. It was just a dropped uh, catch. But th- there were a couple of moments where, uh, you know, they, they looked like they could expose the, the Chiefs, uh, but they they still are missing some pieces. I think for them, it is about see continuing to see Trevor Lawrence develop. He obviously took massive steps this year. You want to see that continue. And then on the other side, you need to see um, their, their young de- uh, defenders, I suppose, take a step up. You want to see Trayvon Walker. Um, you know, he now has his rookie year behind him. What can he do? Uh, and you want to see Devin Lloyd continue to develop. But the inability to really make life outside of obviously the, you know, the the injury to Mahomes. But it, then it never really felt like, you know, Mahomes and the Chiefs were that uncomfortable. I know the scoreline was uh, close. I know the, the Jags had opportunities. But it always felt, to me at least, that the the Chiefs are in control of this game. You're right, and it's really funny that you touched on the fact that the Jags didn't play so well because I actually did put down saying the Jags were playing hard, but just not hard enough. Um, and they really were starting to become the comeback kids the whole season. Look at last weekend; it was twenty-seven and zero against the Chargers, and they really came back. And there was a part of me that was saying, right, if they get to a deficit of 20 points, these guys are going to come back. But it didn't happen. I think what's really interesting is, again, the Chiefs have gone ahead for their fifth AFC um, championship game. Mahomes did suffer that ankle injury. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how much tape was put around that guy's foot. We've seen the same thing happen in 2011. Steelers, Big Ben Roethlisberger, I posted this on Twitter last night, exactly the same situation. But Big Ben left with his foot in a boot at the end of the game. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen with Mahomes over the next week to see how injured he is truly. They've done some x-rays at Arrowhead. We all seen that yesterday. A lot of the reporters were saying that last night. Nothing came up. But that doesn't mean that there's no ligament damage or anything else that's there. Chad Henney, you know, he came onto the pitch. And you could see Mahomes was really frustrated by this. But fair play to him, he'd done a really good job. He actually got them on the story, score and drive right away. Um, I think that shocked everyone. I think everyone believed that was just going to be Mahomes. But, you know, Petty was there as well at the past. I think Jags really did have that opportunity to rally around late in the fourth quarter. And both opportunities, they completely scuppered it. You're right, we didn't see Trevor Lawrence that we've seen over the last while on that pitch last night. He seemed frustrated. He seemed like he was starstruck in in a way. Um, And you could see as well how upset he was on the sideline at the end of the actual game itself. Um, I think he was genuinely just absolutely dumbfounded that this had happened, um, especially with that last Everett ditch with the twenty-four um, with the twenty-four seconds left on the clock. That was just—I don't even know what happened with that kick. I felt like I kicked that ball. I really did. Um, but look at—he still had a good game. You know, he finished with two hundred and seventeen yards and a touchdown pass to Christian Kirk. It's it's not the end for the Jags. I think that's one thing that we need to actually see is that this is going to be a comeback season for them. And I think a lot of people within this division should actually fear them for next year. And I did post on Twitter last night saying I do think that this is going to be a matchup we're going to see for quite some time is the Mahomes and Lawrence matchup over the next while. Yeah, it absolutely should be. I mean, you have uh, Lawrence is still on a rookie deal. The Jags, therefore, should have some money to uh, put, you know, uh, p- other continue to put pieces around him. Uh, they, you know, e- Evan Ingram and what happens there, I suppose, is a big question for them in the offseason. But given where they were last year, g- 
given what Dougie B had to to deal with, again, this was a you know a really good first year for them. And uh, Lawrence is only entering year three. He's cost controlled for the next three years. Uh, I I think what they have in place, if they continue to to build around him, there's no reason uh, that you know this they can't be in and around the the playoffs. It is about taking the next step now. You have shown that you can get the the playoffs. Can you get to the the championship game? And uh, that that is what I suppose will be interesting to to see. Uh, we're talking about like the the ability to get to a championship game. You, you are looking at a chief uh, a chief's team uh, who are in their fifth uh, straight uh, championship game, and uh, Andy Reid also had made three straight championship games with the Eagles. He is a phenomenon. I mean, I often talk about how we kind of almost at times underappreciate Mahomes because he makes the magical seem mundane. I think that's even more true of Andy Reid because of Andy Reid's just what he has done. Like he's never had a losing season in Kansas City. What he was able to to do with the Eagles. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal head coach. And as long as he is there, the Chiefs will continue uh, to be a force, I, I would have them as long as Andy Reid is is around. They're probably favourites for the AFC West every single season. I totally agree with you on that one for sure. I think it's really interesting as we've seen Doug Peterson do this with the Eagles, and I think it's something that we should fear next year. But I do think Andy Reid just has this amazing connection with his players and Mahomes. Something that Doug Peterson has learned from him in the past because we've all seen the picture pop up last night on Twitter because everyone was sharing it of Dougie P and um, Chiefs HC and, 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 and Reid see my brain is broken I'm still asleep Andy Reid on the sideline in Packers gear so it does happen and I think that's one thing that you can see as well really good head coaches have learned from really good head coaches and I think it's really interesting when you see them on the sideline last night they did actually meet halfway through um after the first quarter and actually had a conversation acknowledged each other and I thought it was just a really nice test because normally these guys just don't like each other um, so I do think it was really really good but talking about WP let's move on to last night's game and to be honest with you I'm feeling for Brian this morning so Brian welcome to the team that Colm and I are already part of and Mark where your team is no longer in the playoff race but you got further than ours so we're giving you kudos on that one <laughs> Colm what was your thoughts on last night? Because you know what? I questioned Jalen Hurts going into this game. He was still injured. You know, he was still suffering a small bit. You could see it last week. Wow. Eagles just done what Eagles do. They fly. Yeah, I mean, I think some people kind of overreacted to the Eagles having a couple of losses towards the back end of the, the season in what were relatively meaningless games I mean look there'll be tougher tests and ne- next week in the championship game uh, wh- whoever they end up facing uh, it'll be interesting to, to see I mean Hertz had told Pam Oliver that his shoulder was nowhere near 100% but then he goes out and he's slinging the ball around and uh, I mean the for, for the Giants this was a really bad matchup I mean, it couldn't have been worse. The Giants struggle uh, really against teams with uh, really, really potent uh, rushing games. And 
Uh, Gainwell on 12 carries was averaging not over nine yards a carry. So, I mean, you put the ball into his hands um, uh, and, um, you know, he, he was he was making uh, serious ground. Uh, Sanders was averaging over five yards a carry. And between those guys, uh, they had nearly 30 carries. So that that is where this game was won and lost. Um, I, I am interested, I suppose, in hearing Brian's take. I know Brian hasn't been particularly happy with Brandon Staley and him going for it on fourth down. What were his thoughts uh, on the Giants going for it so early? And then that, you know, that uh, turnover on, on downs. Uh, this just, for the, the Eagles, I think we, we got to see uh, what the, the Eagles are, what they're capable of. And the thing is that they have different ways of beating you because... It was they exploited the fact that up against a Giants team that was bad against the run, they went all out on that. Um, but you know they they still have Smith and Gothard and AJ Brown who can beat you over the the top. And you saw in terms of getting to the QB, Hassan Reddick had a, had a great game, did five sacks, and uh, I I don't think anyone is going to relish going in to Philadelphia. I think also the fact that you saw with Sirianni, and I know there'll be plenty of people out there who won't like him, won't like his attitude, but he is absolutely perfect for Philly. Uh, he kind of is the embodiment of the way in which that city is. And uh, he was, if people haven't seen the uh, the post-match kind of comments where he's sticking up for his uh, defensive coordinator, um, it is, uh, you know, wor- worth the watch. I get it. I get him sticking up for his uh, coordinator. Now, I will say that uh, the Cowboys put a lot of points on them just a, a few weeks back. So the conference game will be the, the true test. Um, but this Eagles team is, is built in, um, on both sides of the, the ball. Uh, they can, you know, bully you. Uh, up front and they have skilled players on offense and they have guys who can take the ball away in the secondary they're uh, a serious uh, unit for the Giants it feels a little bit like the the Jags in some ways though the Jags have Trevor Lawrence in situ um, for for the Giants I suppose the question is about Daniel Jones and what they do do they franchise tag him and see how it plays out over the next year or so uh, and and then decide what to do. He afterwards deliberately didn't say he wanted to stay. Now he praised his teammates, he praised the organization, but he deliberately avoided saying that he wanted to stay or that he would stay. I get I get that he's been advised by his agent to do that. Why tie yourself into that? Because you don't know what the, the Giants are going to offer you. And if all of a sudden somebody steps forward and says, Hey, we'll give you uh, you know, forty million a year. The Giants aren't going to give you that. NFL careers are short. You know, you got you got to to see what your options are. Um, the Giants also have an, a number of players who are um, you know, going to be hitting free agency. So I am interested to see how Joe Shane will retool that roster. But I think Brian Dable showed that he can kind of squeeze every ounce of talent uh, and every ounce of effort from his roster. I think this was just a, a bridge too far ultimately and they run in it ran into a team in the Eagles who you know ha, they they have done they're the example to everybody I think this is a team who uh, retooled regrouped 
um, after what happened um, when things fell apart under Wentz and Doug Pedersen. They made some really tough decisions. They made some bold decisions. And as a result, they are back in the conference game. I think it's really interesting that you actually touched Sean Allen because I actually thought exactly the same last night. I was going, this is a guy who's just not certain if he's going to come back next year. Um, rather than the way you're saying it, that, you know, should they franchise tag him? And, and this is probably what his agent is saying to him. I just felt that he just wasn't going to come back next year just by how he praised everyone, how he thought about everything um, and just his words that he was using himself. I think what's really interesting is that, you know, the Eagles, um, the Giants are their number one priority this season now will be the off. Uh, during the off season, it's going to be actually working on that gap that's between the Eagles. They've seen how good the Eagles play. They see where their their inefficiencies are against the Eagles. And I think that's one thing they're going to be looking at for sure. Um, I think it's stellar, the Eagles offense. It was just star-studded last night and it just allowed them to rush 44 times. What a, what a game. I, I know it was very one-sided, but you're just seeing talent at every stage of the game last night. And I think it's a testament to your right to Nick Sirianni, who everyone may not like, as you noted, but you know what? He does it. He gets the job done. The team like him. And the team has been built perfectly to suit his plays, his agenda. But you can also see it with the coaching staff as well. It's exactly the same across the board. Um, and I think, you know, the Eagles have continued with their sack <laughs> their sacks they sacked Daniel Jones last night five times that is just crazy and actually I read a stat this morning that Philadelphia is 75 total sacks this season and counting because obviously they're not towards the end of the year um, makes them the third most in NFL season history and that includes playoffs and only the Bears done it in 1984 with 82 and in 1985 they had 80 which means that was well before I was born um, which is very very interesting Um when you're looking at it that way, I do think the Eagles' defense is just wow. We've seen their plays during the season. We've seen how they bullied the offense of every other team, and we've seen as well that they're not afraid to put their bodies on the line. What's it going to be like next week? I can't wait. I'm already excited for this. Will it be a 49ers and Eagles Super Bowl column? Well, for 49ers and Eagles conference game. Um, I think either of them. Conference game, yeah. Either of them is going to be fascinating because you're talking about, you know, given their uh, the other NFC uh, opponents, they have serious uh, defensive lines uh, as well as uh, serious defenses. So uh, there is uh, the, uh, you know, potential for kind of a, a, an epic battle in Philadelphia, whoever co- comes through. And I, I think who, whatever matchup this ends up being, I, I think, you know, the we've talked about the 49ers being bullies. I don't think the 49ers be able to, to bully the Eagles equally. I don't think it'll work the other way. I think you're going to have, you know, um, you have serious O-line talent on all three of the remaining NFC teams and uh, serious D-line talent as well. And that, you know, that again is a testament to what you need to do. You need to build in the trenches and then, uh, you you can go from there, but if you if you gen generally the uh, and and look, we're going to see tonight when we come to discussing the the Bengals. Generally, uh, you need very strong O line play in this league in order to go deep in the playoffs. So tonight, 
what game are you most looking forward to? Because we've got two games that are equal. I'm so happy one of them is at 11.30 and not 1.15. That's all I can say. It's still late, but what game are you really looking forward to this evening? I think they're I think they're both kind of intriguing in in their own way. Um, I mean, to to me, I suppose a, a little. I, I'm just. It's a pity that the Bengals aren't at full strength because I think if, if they were, I think this would be a fascinating a clash uh, between them and the, the Bills. That is not to say that they they can't get they can't still get the the victory. But I think it is going to be infinitely more difficult for them to to do that, um, you know, with with the O-line so depleted, especially going into Buffalo, especially um, given everything that has happened with obviously Demar Hamlin and, you know, the fact that he was back in the building this week. I can only imagine what the atmosphere in Orchard Park is going to be like. Uh, I will say, uh, Christina, as we are, you saw, I think last night, uh, some of the footage of the Chiefs fans queuing up and they begin to open the uh, parking lots at around about 6 a.m. Uh, we are coming up to that time uh, in Buffalo right now. I would imagine there are cars queuing up. Uh, they will begin to be firing up the uh, barbecues, the uh, the taste, the, the smells, every, everything that goes along with tailgating. Uh, that The atmosphere will be fantastic. We know that. Um, and and it comes down to what what's it going to be like for the Bills, right? Because the it's really tough to to run on this Bengals team. I will say that that's an area where the Bills have struggled a little bit. But DJ Reader and there's a guy who you know uh, has a little bit of a, a chip on his shoulder, understandably given how he was kind of ignored for for some of the uh, you know uh, season awards, and I think he is brilliant i think he's one of the best dts uh, especially in the the run game in the entire league um but th- that that is going to be an issue how did the the bills kind of overcome that uh and then you know for for the the bills the other side of, of it is even though the the bengals o-line is beaten up the bills have struggled to get pressure we talked about this the other night without von miller they have struggled to get pressure um by sending just four guys but if you blitz burrow you leave holes elsewhere they have a, a trio of pass catchers that can take advantage of that uh, this should be a, a kind of a an, an intriguing matchup between um you know two of the the best sides in the AFC it kind of feels like um Christina that the six teams that are remaining obviously we got the two who are in there and then you the four teams tonight but these are the six teams that, that you feel are kind of the best of the best. I mean, the, the Jags and the, the Giants had great seasons, uh, and could have. I would have loved to see the the Jags, you know, obviously um, go on a bit further. But ultimately, this feels like the, the best six teams in the league that are left, and that's why you know this game tonight and both games tonight are kind of so interesting. I'm just excited about the food. You see my face light up as you mentioned about tailgating. Um, and it's just my thing. That's what I live for is the food. For And I actually was drooling last night at about two o'clock in the morning when I seen a picture of Philly cheesesteak that was actually being served inside the stadium. I was like, I need one of them right now. 
right now. And <laughs> I will be keeping an eye on Twitter tonight for all the tailgating food. You will see it across the Irish NFL show Twitter over the weekend for sure. And you'll also see mine. Um, Colin, thank you so much. It's been great chatting with you this morning. Remember, everyone, we are back tomorrow we, night. We we have we have one more game. We have we have the the the, the Cowboys and the Forty Niners. Oh, I didn't uh, realize you were going to actually dissect that. Oh one yeah, we I well I I think what well, I think one has to has to give a little a little bit of coverage to to that game because um you know it's it's I suppose like the the interesting thing is because everything I've seen and I get it um and and I feel the same I feel the Forty ers are favorites but I do feel a little bit like. Um, we are kind of completely writing off the, the Cowboys. And I wonder in in those terms, you know, are 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 we all being a little bit hasty? Because um while they might not be as uh you know explosive, I, I definitely on offense I would say they're not as explosive as the 49ers. Um I, I just think, you know, they that that team with some of the guys on that team with everyone writing them off, with nobody saying they really have a chance, you know, and, and I'm not saying they don't have a chance, but I picked the 49ers. There's a, that's an awful lot of uh, what we constantly refer to as bulletin board material uh, for the, the Cowboys, but they, they are going to have to uh, do it for 60 minutes. We saw Seattle do it for 30 minutes last week. Um, but this is a 49ers team that just has so many uh, players, so much ability. Uh, but they are going up against a group who are like that D-line is nasty and they will get after Brock Purdy. They will make life difficult and uh, it is probably going to be his most uncomfortable game in the league. But, you know, when you have Kyle Shanahan there, that's a pretty nice safety blanket to, to have for anybody. Uh, and I, I like you, I too, I'm glad that that game isn't on so late because... I think that one, you know, especially I suppose given the era I grew up watching this uh, this sport, it was uh, they, they, those were the, the 49ers, the Cowboys, uh, you know, Joe Montana and the infamous. And we, we had um, uh, the author of Boys Will Be Boys on the, the show. But those Cowboys teams, the early 90s were infamous for what they got up to, but also their ability on the field. And that's why I think this game intrigues so much you know both of these sides essentially went into a lull kind of from the mid 90s for the best part of 20 odd years Uh, but all of a sudden they're back and all the history is there so yeah that is certainly one I am looking forward to as well Christina Do you think Dak can bring it home tonight or at least chalk up a decent matchup against the 49ers that is the question I, I think I think for like we have seen the the Cowboys' offense be explosive at times, um, and but like this Forty ers defense is is serious. Dak needs to you know, and last week he he played a a really good game coming off a, a regular season at the end of the regular season where he he struggled. Is Dak capable of it? He um he is. But Dak has to have one of his best games uh, tonight in order to to do that. But the 49ers need their crowd to really be up for it, uh, up for it for the whole game. They only came alive in the second half last week. That can't be the the case this time around. Uh, I I imagine you'll see a decent contingent of Dallas fans traveling for it. 
Uh, so again, that should make for a pretty decent atmosphere. Um, I, I believe Dak is, is capable of it, but like everything ha has to kind of go right for the 49ers. And then you need the bounce of a ball. You need a little bit of luck for it to go your way as well. I feel like you're already calling some pieces that's going to happen tonight, but I don't think we're going to see a ball bounce too much. I hope not anyways. Um, Colm, it's been great to have you this morning. It's been great to have my brain completely um, asleep while we're talking this morning. I need to go and get more coffee for sure. We will be back tomorrow at nine o'clock tomorrow night um, and we will post up the time and everything to dissect tonight's games and also have the overall team's roundup of what happened last night because we are missing Brian. So Brian, wherever you are, our thoughts and condolences are with you at this time and we will see you all tomorrow. Get your questions ready for Brian. <laughs> Thanks, Colin. Bye.